I'm in Flushing Meadows Corona Park, where it appears an unidentified flying object has landed over the U.S. Open grounds. Mind, this is a breaking story, and no other news channel has even reported on it yet. I'm standing out here in the rain waiting for some updates. What's going on back at the studio, Shravya? Josefina, who sent you to break this story? No one. I brought the camera crew out here by myself because this is the story of the century. And did you say it's raining? Yeah, and cats and dogs is an understatement. It's more like elephants and whales. Josefina, that's the Arthur Ashe Stadium roof. They close it when it rains so the matches can continue. Darn it, you're right. I guess this isn't the groundbreaking story I've been looking for. Pack it up, crew. Well, there is still a pretty big story about the stadium. The women's singles final is about to happen, so don't leave just yet. everyone and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for tweens, teens, and other young tennis fans. We're your hosts, Shravya and Josefina. Josefina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Shravya and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for. So we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. Today is September 12, 2020, and the U.S. Open is coming to a close. The women's semis wrapped up on Tuesday, and the final is today. So, pack on to your seatbelts. Nope, that's not a phrase. <laughs> I, I think meant... you just made it one. Hold yep, on to your racket. Hold on to your racket, oh, guys. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Hold on to your racket and get ready for this final. <laughs> exactly. And before we go into the final, we obviously have to talk about the semis because those two matches were some of the best tennis men's or women's I have seen in a while. So let's start with the match that was first on Ash. Um, which was Jennifer Brady versus Naomi Osaka. Obviously, Naomi Osaka won in a tight three-set match, actually. 7-6-3-6-6-3. I mean, Josephina, tell us about, you know, the basics of this match. So, it was, like we said before, this was a great match. It was, um, Osaka had very few breaks of serve. She dominated in the first set tiebreak, 7-1. It, Brady was able to break in the second set, which is why she won it, obviously, 3-6. But Osaka did take the third because she does seem to have more, ex- not seem to have, she does have more experience in bigger matches. I mean, Brady is a name that has just recently popped up in the tennis world. Osaka has more experience, like we said. She has already two Grand Slams under her belt, so she has more experience in matches like these. Yeah, we were talking about that in our preview that seems like Osaka has been tested more and she has that ability to pull through in those major matches. Osaka's big serving and hitting has definitely been the key. I think Jennifer Brady had similarities in that, but Osaka was just stronger. But Brady did not let up. You can tell that by the scoreline. Very few breaks of serve, none in the first set. And this was a high-quality match from the first point. And, I, I, you know, I think Naomi Osaka is looking super solid going to the final. We're going to talk about our two finalists separately in a little bit. But 
I want to. I do want to talk about Jennifer Brady still because, especially, I want Josephine. I want you to talk about her because her performance from winning the title in Kentucky to making such a deep run in the U.S. Open has been really impressive and is really inspiring in so many lights for American players, for players who maybe are thinking of doing college tennis. So. How did you feel about her performance throughout the tournament, and why why have you become such a big fan? So, I know Jennifer Brady's performance, I've watched her play, I really like her style. It's kind of calmed down, but also she gets the point across, so I really admire that about her. She's just recently been getting her name out there, because she did do college tennis before this, which I feel is something that's not really done in the tennis world. So also, that's another thing I admire about her, because she decided to go to college, play D1 college in UCLA, and then she started playing professional tennis, and she's really getting the best of both worlds, because look how well she's doing in the professional tennis world, even after playing in college. What's a cool fun fact is that Pete Sampras's sister... Uh, Stella Sampras is actually the coach of the UCLA women's team and coached Jennifer Brady while she was at college, which is pretty cool. Um, all right, so let's talk about our second semifinal of the night, which was also an amazing match, Serena Williams versus Victoria Azarenka. And Azarenka made an outstanding comeback from 1-6 in the first set to take the two next two sets 6-3. So Williams and Azarenka have had a long-standing rivalry, I think, if you look back seven years when we didn't really have all these youngsters in the conversation yet, it was always kind of like Serena Sharapova or Serena Azarenka. The Serena Sharapova rivalry did not come to par at all with the Serena Azarenka rivalry. Sure, the Serena Azarenka record is still pretty lopsided in terms of um, head-to-head wins and losses, but you could tell every single time Azarenka stepped on the court that this was going to be a fight and that she could win, that she believed that she could win. Sharapova, it really was one-way traffic for Serena Williams in most of their matches. So it was great to see this rivalry relived on the court at the U.S. Open. First major win against Serena, uh, sorry, first win at a major against Serena for Azarenka ever. And it's also nice to see that these two are good friends off the court as well. Yeah, I know Azarenka has had a lot of momentum in her career lately, especially since she won the Western and Southern title. So going into this, she is having a lot of experience this year in the year of 2020 with the bigger matches. And I think that's really helping her, especially going into the final now. Yeah, I mean... Serena was super strong in the first set. Vika was not playing her best. But what's so um, exemplary about Vika's style and her tenacity is that she has that fighting spirit. She completely turned around. She turned her negative energy and frustration into positive energy. And that's what allowed her to make this comeback. She was moving a lot on the court. She got pumped. And she didn't let the medical timeout for Serena distract her. And that's you know she won that match and she earned that win and Azarenka I mean in her post-match interview she said it was a blessing to be in the final so you can see that she has gone through so much especially in the past couple of years in her personal life as well with her custody case and I think that this is amazing to see that she's coming back now you know I personally am a huge fan of Serena so what I like at the end result of the match I kind of had mixed feelings 
you know, I was really sad Serena lost, but I was I was also so happy for Azarenka. I mean, both of them, what you can tell is that they're such amazing competitors, right? Like, even with no crowds, you can hear even better how hard they're working, how competitive they are, and how much they want the win. And they both have a lot of respect for each other because of that. And, you know, Serena in her press conference said, I started really strong, then she just kept fighting. She just changed and started playing better and better. Maybe I took too much off the gas pedal at some point. So you can tell both these players have a ton of respect for each other. Both of them have said it before in the lead up to this match and afterwards. And it was it was a great match to end the night. Something about this U.S. Open that's so different about the others is obviously the fact that there's no fans. So it really gives a highlight to the players because all the energy on court is created by the players and by the players only. And I think that gives it such a buzz. It's just such a pure form of tennis that it's like nothing we've ever seen before. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been saying that it's not as good with the fans. I, I in a way, disagree because it gives you such a different perspective and you can see the pure form of their tennis. And I think that's really cool to see because no one's ever seen that before. So overall, looking back, these were amazing high quality semis they were so good everybody played super well even even jennifer brady and serena williams who did end up losing but they gave such a fight just looking back at their entire u.s open run so as we look ahead to the match on saturday today um the women's final is has two players who are you know they're at totally different parts of their career right but they've both worked so hard to get here. They're both seeking their third major title. Um, Azarenka has two Australian Open titles and um, has been to the U.S. Open final twice, um, but has lost both times. Um, and Osaka has been to two major finals, and she's won both. Um, so she has won, obviously, the U.S. Open and the Australian Open. Anyway, what Osaka's advantage going into this match is her serve. Her serve has been her weapon this entire tournament. We saw that in the match against Brady, how difficult she was to break. So I think that that, especially compared to the fact that Azarenka doesn't have a particularly strong serve, could be really advantageous. Azarenka also has some advantages. Obviously, she's going. She's not going into this final with no weapons, and it is her fighting spirit. We did see this during her match against Serena, especially in that comeback from that first set. It takes real mental tough minute toughness to come back from such a down set like that so that's obviously something she has working for her in this final so we talked a little bit last episode about how the wheelchair tennis tournament has recently started and since they have a smaller draw or the quads are in the round robin format it obviously takes less time for the tournament to complete. So we've actually reached the final rounds of wheelchair tennis. So let's take a look at our finalists. For the men's finalists, we have Alfie Hewitt. He is the British number three in the world. Well, he is British and he is number three in the world. He is not the British number three in the world. I'm pretty sure he's the British number one in the world. It was a tough three set win over the number two seed. In, and he's into the finals against Shingo Kunieda from Japan. He is currently the number one in the world, and in the past two titles, he has won, and he beat Hewitt in those tournaments. So, obviously, uh, 
Shingo has some leverage over Hewitt in this final, so let's see what happens. Yeah, they also have an interesting U.S. Open record where Hewitt has actually beat Cuneta in the 2018 U.S. Open final and 2019 U.S. Open quarterfinals. So it seems they have a bit of a rivalry there. But Cuneta has been pretty has been pretty playing has been playing pretty well <laughs> against Hewitt in the past two titles that he's won. All right, on the women's side, Didi De Groot um, from the Netherlands. She completed another tough three set win over her compatriot Marjolaine Buis, and she is seeking her third straight U.S. Open title. I in will repeat row? that again. Third straight U.S. Open title. How amazing is that? And she's also into the doubles final. What? So that is some impressive stuff. And she will be facing Yui Kanji, who had an easy two-set victory in the semifinals and is the number two seed. So that will also be an interesting round to match. For the quads, um, and they play in a round-robin format, um, as far as the round-robin results so far, the number one in the world player, Dylan Alcott from Australia, is leading the group with a 2-0 and score. We really wish they showed more wheelchair tennis on TV. It's really remarkable what these athletes are able to do, especially considering what they have going against them and how they use it to their own advantage. And it's just amazing to see. Okay, let's talk about the doubles finals. Josefina, take it away. So on the men's side, we had Bruno Soares and Mate Pavic, Pavic, and they took the title defeating Nikola Mektic and Wesley <laughs> Kulov. I don't have my pronunciation <laughs> parentheses. <laughs> How oh, do yeah. you say it? <laughs> yeah, so um, last episode we were talking about this final and... Um, Josefina, I think she mentioned this, was having trouble pronouncing their names. So aside from each of them, she put like a phonetic spelling of their names in parentheses, but we're missing that today. So it's okay. <laughs> you did you did your best. So yeah, they took the title 7563, um, which is pretty awesome. Also, another thing about the men's is that <clears throat> in the last episode, I actually predicted that Bruno Soares and Mate Pavic would take the title. So props to me. For my prediction skills. Round of I'm applause. I'm very proud. Well, my prediction was incorrect because Vera Zwanareva and Laura Sigmund won the championships by beating Zhu Yifan and Nicole Melachar 6-4-6-4. So uh, Melachar and Zhu have gotten to the finals of both their past tournaments, but I guess they haven't been able to do enough to take the title. But either way, congratulations to Soros, Pavic, Zvonareva, and Sigmund for their wins. You already know what it is. No, that's a pit bull line. Never mind. <laughs> it's tennis ball frisk quiz. Shravi and I do tournament-based trivia against each other, and at the end of the tournament, we combine the overall score and we crown a tennis ball frizz quiz. Whiz. Whiz. <laughs> How could I forget the last line? That's what makes it the winner. <laughs> you can go first, Shravya. Okay, so since um, we are approaching the women's final, we did trivia questions based on the two finalists, so I have a question about Naomi Osaka. All right, Naomi Osaka dominates on the court, but she has her own hobbies and loves off the court. Which of the following is false about Naomi Osaka? A, she has a dog named Panda. B, she loves Pokemon. uh, C, her favorite video game is Overwatch. 
or D, her celebrity crush is Michael B. Jordan? I think it's A. She does have a dog named Panda, so that was incorrect. So is it Overwatch? Yeah. Her favorite video game is Skyrim. She loves video games, but it's not Overwatch, it's Skyrim. But the other three answers are are correct about Naomi. Okay, moving on to my person, which is Victoria Azarenka, the other finalist in the 2020 U.S. Open final, obviously, because that's why she's called a finalist. (laughs) So my question is, uh, 2020 U.S. Open finalist Victoria Azarenka (laughs) moved from Minsk, Belarus, to the United States at the age of 15. Where in the United States did she move to? A. Charleston, South Carolina B. Scottsdale, Arizona C. Oakland, California or D. Rockford, Illinois Arizona Yeah, <laughs> it's Arizona No! I, I think okay. I heard I might have, I either heard it on TV or someplace about Azarenka but um, I was also surprised I would have think she'd move to I, I don't think of Arizona as like a tennis place yeah, I don't think it's Arizona as a place, period. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this was a disappointment for Arizonians, but um, it, it's okay. We, we love the state, I, I'm do. sure. Um, Please but, listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, but our um, head-to-head score is now, I am up by two points. We still have one more day of trivia um, for the men's final. Two or, more. Or two more, yes. So we will uh, have two more rounds of trivia, so there is still opportunity there. Thank you so much for joining us, and that is Game Set and Matt for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the U.S. Open, upcoming tournaments, and updates on all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. Our next podcast will be released on September 12th where we will recap the men's semifinals and preview the men's final. So stay tuned for that. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please tell your friends my name is Tom and Shravi's name is Bob. See you next time. <laughs>